This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm joined today by Felice. Hello. Uh, today, Felice, we're talking about um, the technical versus the sort of human-y content side of SEO. That's right. Yeah, we just thought we'd do a bit of a post on the, the sort of the main things to consider from an SEO perspective, looking at um, sort of the basic principles of SEO when it comes to both technical and content. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know, often when we're having conversations with clients, there's um, a conception that SEO is all about technical. Yeah. Um, what's going on in the background? Or there's just a complete lack of understanding as to what it actually means practically. Um, when you're looking at on-page and, um, and blog content, um, what are the main things you need to be considering and how can you optimise that page and the content um, for search? So we just thought we'd run through just the main areas to think about um, and giving people just a little bit of help um, and a bit of advice on you know how much time to spend on each one um, and obviously making sure that they don't go too far. Okay, so we're going to start with the technical side, are we? Yes, that's right. We're just okay. going to run through the, 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 main, um, the main things that, that Google would be looking at on your page. There's many, many, many different ways of optimising content and you can get really, really geeky about it. But we just thought we'd just highlight the main ones. So we start off with XML sitemaps. Now, this is something we haven't touched on for a while and I know they're really important, aren't they? They are quite important. Basically, it's a list of all pages in your site um, that you want Google to look at um, and index um, and crawl through. So these are all the pages that you are aiming to optimise, that you Mm. want people to be able to find. Um, They're normally um, created automatically, but some sites they're not. So it's always worth checking that you've actually got um, XML sitemaps yeah, in place. Because if you own a static site, the chances are you're going to have to do it yourself, isn't it? You pos- yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's different, again, most of the time it should be automatically created when the site's built. But especially if the site's a bit older, mm. um, there's you know, there's various, various reasons why you might not have one. So it's good to have a look because what that does, it gives um, Google an idea. Obviously, it's a list of all the pages, but also their relationship to each other. So you can see the hierarchy of the pages. Um, and look at categories and again helps Google to understand you know those deeper pages where they sit in relation to everything else Mm. Um, also looks at the sort of specific detail on the pages so any images um, video content that's on the pages it can see that um, within those sitemaps and I believe there are tools online aren't there Fleece that help you to create these and we can put some links in the show notes yes that's right there are some tools so we can include that in the show notes okay next Uh, Right, 404 pages. Now, 404 pages are error pages that are displayed when a page isn't found. So it could be um, a piece of content, a a broken link on the page, or it could be a page that no longer exists, but Mm. Google still indexes it. So when you click on the link in SERP, it takes you to a page that actually is no longer there. That error page can be generated automatically from Google, but it's pretty ugly. Um, Mm. It doesn't really help the user very much. Um, So we do recommend that you look at those pages and you create something that's helpful for the user. So you can put something on the page yes. that links them back to another section of the site. So there's a whole industry, isn't there, Felice, of creating funky 404 pages? There is, yes. I think we're going to be following up with a blog post, actually, some of our favourites. There's some really good ones out there. And again, you can, you know, you can have a little bit of fun with them. Otherwise, you get the, oops, Google Chrome couldn't find 
if it's Chrome you're using. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty unfriendly for the user. Um, and it doesn't give them a, a chance to go anywhere else um, or to go back to another page that might be relevant for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we definitely recommend having a look at those, trying to personalise them a little bit more. Like I said, you can go a little bit crazy and have a bit of fun with them. We saw one recently, actually, from Lush. They're cosmetic with bath, you know, they do bath bombs I know and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, they smell nice when you walk past them. They do. But they have, uh, they've created a 404 error page that actually takes you to a product page and you can buy a sort of a bath bomb or a soap or something and the shape and it's got 404 written on it. <laughs> so they had a little bit of fun with theirs. So 404 page, you actually land on a page where you can buy a product um, related to a 404 error. Is it a good idea to have a link back to the main site? Absolutely, okay. yeah. I mean, at the very least, give the user somewhere else to go. So link them back to your homepage mm. or a page that's you know, always going to be there. Now, Felice, let's talk redirects. Redirects. There are two types. Yeah. Uh, 302 is a temporary redirect and 301s are permanent. Um, 301s are used when a piece of content no longer exists, a page no longer exists, and you want to tell Google to send those users to a different page. 301 redirects are quite useful if a piece of content has been moved. Um, So it may be that you've got a, a page on your website, that page has been updated, or that content now sits somewhere else in the site. Um, and you want to tell Google that that content or that traffic mm. um, should be pointed to another page that is relevant for that. So search. 301, permanent redirect, which means that from this point forward, you should use the new You should use URL. the new one, yes. URI, depending on how you want to say it. Yes, the new, yeah, the new, the new URL. Um, so it's, it's a way of, of making sure that if a, if a piece of content um, has been removed, that you can send, still send those visitors to a piece of content that is still relevant. I'm with you. So it's, it's important that on your site, if you say moved a really important blog post, not that you would, yeah. but if you've moved a really important blog post, uh, it's important to make sure that it gives uh, a 301 redirect. Yeah, and also, I mean, it works quite well with uh, website migrations. So if you've bought, you know, set up a new website on a new domain, um, you don't, you know, you obviously don't want to lose the seo value from the existing site mm. so you can set up 301 redirects for any key pages so it could be your home page yeah. um, or key product pages that will still show up in serps and you set up a 301 redirect to say this page now should be going this traffic should now be going to this other site and this other page and it's a way of telling google that that new content replaces the old content cool so it's a way of making sure that you, your users can still find you now fleece I know you also wanted to talk about page load times and it's quite relevant because we've got an upcoming episode to do with DNS about that. Oh, so there you go. Well, I, won't, down the road, but I won't touch on that too much, but the basic message is if your site takes quite a long time to load mm. because there's a lot going on in terms of images or programming or you know everything that's going on in the background, if that slows your site speed, that can affect your ranking. So Google yeah. will Google can measure how long your site takes to load. Mm. And obviously the longer it takes, the, the worse experience that is for the end user. So you can find yeah. yourself, your pages being sort of downgraded if they take a really long time to load. So it's always worth having a look, checking your site speed. You can actually look in analytics. There are tools within analytics that will tell you how many people leave your site or bounce from your site Mm. before the page is finished loading. You've only got a couple of seconds, haven't you? Sorry, visitors have only got a couple of seconds to... uh, Yeah, I think... um, They'll only wait a couple of seconds before they... That's right. I think it's about three seconds. Two or three seconds, I believe. Two or three seconds for most users will decide within three seconds whether your page is relevant. And so if you're wasting those three seconds loading the page... Yeah, especially if they're about to spend money as well. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Think about all the customers you must be losing. They'll go somewhere else, you know, a page that will come up a lot quicker. So more juicy facts on that coming up later. Yes. Now, um, this word has always confused me, Felice. Canonical. 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 I've, I know the word canonical in relation to URLs. Yeah, we Is that what you want to canonical, talk about here? Canonical linking. Oh, linking, right. Um, canonical linking is, um, is, the biggest use for it is if you have duplicate content, because you mm. know duplicate content's really bad. However, there may be times when you do have duplicate pieces of content because you've placed them on different pages in yep. the site um, because they're relevant in different areas. You don't always want to be redirecting your users to a completely different section of the site. Um, so canonical linking is, um, a, you know, it's a bit of a programming thing that you can put in place to tell Google that these two pieces of content should be treated the same. So they are the same piece of content um, and they're just placed in two different locations. So that can really help you get around the duplicate content thing. An example of this would be if you had a post on your blog. Obviously, each post is on; it sits on its own page, mm. but you may have that blog post sitting on the front page of your blog as well. So rather than that showing up um, as two identical pieces of content, mm. you'd put in place canonical linking so that Google knows that it's the same piece. It's just being showcased in two different areas of the site. Because I always thought it was to do with uniqueness. It was to do with um, like a canonical link is like the the one link that goes to this resource. It's a way of telling Google that this content it is unique, but it is just being placed in two areas of the site. Right. So it's not two pieces of identical content. Now, nice and geeky. Okay. IP addresses. Instant yeah. protocol addresses. Yeah, we're just I mean literally just going to touch on these. Um again, they're not as um they're not as important as the rest, but IP addresses obviously are, it's Google's way of being able to identify your website. But a lot of organizations, especially if your website is being hosted by a web company, mm. you may find that you are sharing a server with a couple of other sites. Yes, so your IP address will be shared with a few other sites as well. Yes, yeah, so you may have a few different sites that have the same IP address. The only time that can be an issue is if any of those sites are involved in sort of spammy mm. SEO tactics, um, in which case, if that site were to be downgraded or to gain a penalty, you may find your site is affected by what they're doing. Mm. So it's always a good idea, if you can, to try and make sure that your website has its own IP address and that's not linked to anything else. Obviously, it can work in your favor if you're sharing an IP address with a really, really good site. Um, but for the most part, to avoid sort of being you know, tagged with somebody else's yeah, bad tactics, yeah. um, we always try and encourage. That's probably less likely, though, isn't it? Because I, I would imagine that the good websites are good, as in very high traffic websites have probably got their own dedicated server. Yeah, most so, of them do. Yeah. Most of them so do. So their own it's- unique IP address. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly for sort of maybe smaller, you know, for smaller companies, smaller businesses. You know, it's just it's just being aware that sharing the IP address with another website can leave you open mm. um, to falling foul of their bad tactics. I wasn't aware of that, actually. I wasn't aware that Google cared about the IP address. I thought it was just the domain. Interesting. I, again, I mean, I don't think it's a big issue. Mm. Um, and I, it's just one of these things that it may well be a factor. All things being equal, it might have. Mm. an impact um but again you know most of this we know from experience but we you know we, we don't know how much weight google puts on any one mm. of these tactics so it's really just be aware of it if you can obviously get your website on its own ip address yeah so much the better so much the better okay so we're going to leave it there for part one aren't we fleece the, yes, the technical right. side of seo yeah. thanks so much for listening 
sitevisibility.com slash impodcast is a place to go for the website. Uh, if you've got questions, send them to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and there's a telephone number plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. if you want to send in questions. And of course, we're on iTunes. Please review us. We like that. So we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. It's goodbye from me, Andy White, and it's goodbye from... Felice Sailing. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.